Hey, this is Jonathan, and you're listening to Movie Pass Moment on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. For those of you unfamiliar, a Movie Pass is a, um, I guess, a subscription system where you pay either a monthly or a yearly fee, um, and you get to go to see one movie a day for just that one monthly or yearly fee. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I got mine a couple of months ago, and I've been going to a lot more movies than I usually do. So, what Movie Pass Moments will be about is me reviewing a movie that I maybe would not have normally gone to see if I didn't have the movie pass. For today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the sequel to Jumanji. And yes, it is a sequel. Uh, They referenced the board game from the Robin Williams movie, and they even mentioned his character later on in the film. This movie stars Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Karen Gillian. If you're not familiar of who Karen Gillian is, she's um, a geek culture, I guess, superstar because she was Amy Pond in Doctor Who, and she also plays Nebula in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, first, I want to say the four, the four of them together have great chemistry. This movie is very funny. It's got some great comedic moments between The Rock and Kevin Hart, which if you've seen Central Intelligence, you know they have... Um, they work really well together and off of each other. Uh, Jack Black is hilarious uh, as he engages in the affect of a teenage girl uh, with his mannerisms and his uh, voice. Um, he does such a great job with it. And uh, Cara Gillian is, is really good as a, um, a shy, kind of unassuming, intelligent teenage girl that becomes this um, tall, red-headed, fiery avatar in the video game and uh, she does a great job with that uh like i said there's a lot of great humor um the story is it's it's a basic you know coming of age story as you know they start the movie uh you know with their different you know like the rocks character is kind of a geek shy kid and and uh kevin hart's character is a jock and jack black's character is a self-absorbed um, teenage girl and Karen Gillian's character is the like I said the unassuming shy intelligent uh, girl and as the movie progresses they grow they learn from each other and they obviously you know they become better people they grow more confident they grow more um, selfless uh, it's really just a, a great film because as they progress through the game they have to help each other to get to the next levels um, there's a great plot device where they have um, tattoos on their arm of three lines, and each line represents a, a, a game, a life in the in the game, and um, they each get three lives, and um, you know some of them lose their lives in very comedic, funny ways, um, like Jack Black. No, I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Hart's weakness is cake, and he accidentally eats a pound cake and he explodes. Um, so they plan it for laughs, but when they're each down to kind of one life. You know, they get more serious and they understand that it's harder to take risk. It's harder to be brave when you're down to your last life. And it kind of has this message of, you know, you only, you know, in the real world, you only have one life. So you got to live it the best way you can. Um, it's, you know, got a, like I said, got a great message, very heartwarming. The action's great. Uh, the comedy's great. Um, Yeah, you know, the moments that are supposed to be suspenseful are suspenseful. Um, 
just an overall good movie. You want to take the kids, they'll enjoy it. Uh, it's a it's a nice thing to do when you know it's winter here in the northeast, in the northeast, and it's colder, and you might be tired of sitting in the house. Go out, go see Jumanji. You have a great time, and um, tell them I sent you and. Uh, Looking to get the movie pass. I'm not getting paid by them, but I really do enjoy the service. And um, try it out. So every week I'll be doing a movie pass moment. I'll see a movie. Um, and I'll come hop on to the stuff you don't need to know. And talk to you guys about it. Have a great week and talk to you next time. Hey there, Anchorverse. It's your pal Jay here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. And welcome to Monday Memories. Each Monday, uh, I'm going to talk for roughly five minutes about memories from my childhood. Uh, it could be movies, TV shows, maybe looking back at some sporting events, toys, things like that. Now, just a little bit of background for you. Uh, I am in my mid-40s, so my childhood pretty much stretches from about let's say the mid-70s all the way through to the 80s. So I'm really going to focus on, again, kids' stuff, let's just say in general, from that time period. And this Monday, I'm going to discuss to you uh, one of my first really sort of uh, comic book, not really comic book, um, sort of action type of memories, like an action TV show, uh, and it was The Six Million Dollar Man. So... Show came out, I believe, about 1975. Uh, ran until I believe 1978. It did have a spinoff in the Bionic Woman. Uh, they had a couple of made-for-TV movies. Uh, there was one that involved Bigfoot, which was <clears throat> when the movie came out, the made-for-TV movie. Uh, Bigfoot was actually played by Andre the Giant, the late great Andre the Giant. Um, they had another made-for-TV movie that involved uh, pretty much the origin of the Bionic Woman. And um, I believe they, they probably had one or two others. I uh, can't really recall them right now. But I was a huge fan. I was a big fan of this show. Uh, like I said, it was action, adventure. Uh, you know, it was based on a novel called Cyborg, uh, basically about a half-man, half-machine. And just, just the notion of that as like a six- or seven-year-old that, you know, I could have robotic parts in me. Um, and not just like robotic parts, not like, oh, I have a robotic arm or I have robotic legs. Like they look and feel just like the originals pretty much because on that show, the $6 million man who was Colonel Steve Austin played by Lee Majors, um, you know, you didn't see any enhancements on him. You didn't see any robotics or wires or circuitry. You just, you saw Lee Majors and, um, very, very early sort of special effects for him. Uh, really, anytime he activated his bionic powers, uh, running, jumping, lifting with his bionic arm, which was his right arm, uh, they would do everything in slow motion. Uh, they would have a sound effect, was, which was sort of like, no, 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 no. That was a really bad impression of it. But, you know, basically that's what it was. And they would play some dramatic music behind it. And, you know, you would see him lift some incredible weight with his arm, or you would see him run in slow-mo but then he would catch up to say like a car or uh something like that and he would grab it with his arm and stop it or you would see him jumping and again jumping in slow motion and it was sort of like a like a cutaway jump like you would see him leap 
but there was really no frame of reference for you. And the next thing you knew, he was on the roof or he had leaped over some great wall or something like that. Um, so, you know, if you look at him today, sad to say they were, they're, they're pretty lame nowadays. Um, the me channel, which was, which is called memory entertainment. Actually, they do some reruns up there of the bionic man, uh, the $6 million man, the bionic woman. And sad to say they're pretty unwatchable now. Um, but these were great memories for me because, like I said, you know, it was just it's just just the thought of, wow, I could have a bionic arm or I could have that bionic eye. You know, uh, Colonel Steve Austin had his bionic eye. He could see great distances with it. Um, and, of course, the bionic woman had her bionic ear, which even even as a kid, I kind of wondered, why does she have to move her hair out of the way to activate her bionic ear? You know, if it's a bionic ear, hair in front of it really shouldn't bother it. So I'll just wrap it up. Six Million Dollar Man, it was a great, it was really one of my first sort of like action TV shows that I remember growing up. Uh, I would tune in every Sunday for it. Um, it was a legitimate threat that my mom could use against me to behave. If I don't behave, you know, if you don't behave, can't watch the Six Million Dollar Man. And uh, we didn't have on-demand or VCRs or anything like that back then. So if I missed it, I would have to wait for the summer to catch it again. All right. I hope you enjoyed this segment. Stay tuned for more from the Stuff You Don't Need to Know guys. That's uh, Pete, John, uh, and Alan. They'll be broadcasting to you all day long. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you later. Welcome, superhero fans. We're going to start off today with Captain America number one. We're talking about the Marvel trading cards that came out in the early 90s. Captain America. This card has Captain America obviously up front with a background with American flag flowing brightly. Captain America's real name is Steve Rogers of course and at the time of 1990s with affiliate with Avengers at a height of 6 foot 2, 240 pounds, fighting 2,433 battles where he won 1,889 and he lost 347 times and he tied 197. His win percentage is 78%. Huh, I thought it'd be a little bit higher than that. Anyway, he has a couple of nicknames. He called him the Star Spangled Avenger, the Living Legend of World War II, and Cap. His arch nemesis is the Red Skull, Baron Zemo, and his first appearance was in Captain, Amer uh, Captain America Comics number one of March of 1941. So, Captain America, during the most desperate hours of World War II, a frail young man named Steve Rogers volunteered for a dangerous experiment. Ingesting the top secret super soldier serum, he became Captain America, the living symbol of freedom. His body now physically perfect, his fighting skills are now without equal. Cap joined the war against the Nazis and contributed greatly to the Allied powers, eventually victory. Today he continues that tradition as he fights to defend America against all those forces that would threaten her. A little Captain America fact, did you know Captain America was frozen in a block of ice in the Arctic for over a decade before the superhero team known as the Avengers rescued him. There is your Marvel Superhero Series number one, number one, Captain America. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hey guys, this is Pete, and you're listening to Sports in Under 5 here on Stuff You Did Not Need to Know podcast. So let's start with the NFL, where we the finals, the regular season has finally ended. 
17 weeks, 16 games per team, and we're down to the final 12. Six from the AFC and six from the NFC. Where in February, the two teams that win, the teams that win each conference will meet in the Super Bowl, and the winner will receive the Vince Lombardi Trophy. So what happens to the other 20 teams that don't make it to the playoffs? Well, they have to go back to the drawing board. And that's where Black Monday comes in. Black Monday, the day coaches fear the most. The day where they wonder if their job is going to be safe. Well, after 17 weeks, like I said, we have six vacancies as of today. Two, well, five of them we, we learned of today. One from a few weeks ago. The first one being Ben McAdoo of the Giants. Uh, then we have Bruce Arians, who retired today from the Cardinals due to some injuries. Then we, I mean, uh, sorry, sickness. Then Jack Del Rio from the Oakland Raiders. Jim Cardwell, Caldwell from the Lions. Chuck Pagano from the Colts. And Jim Fox from, John Fox from the Bears. So with a potential of three or four more firings, depending on how things go over the next few days and the next couple weeks in the playoffs, we'll, we may see more. So you guys are out there, you're thinking, oh man, my, my team just got rid of their coach. Who is some possible coaches to replace these, these guys? Well, in the Raiders case, it looks like John Gruden's going to come out of the, the announcing booth and come back to the Raiders where he coached in 1998 to 2001 um, before he got traded. Believe it or not, the coach got traded to the, the Buccaneers for two first rounds and two second round picks, but he wants to come back. Mark Davis, who was the, the owner of the Raiders, really wants him to come back. He's been waiting for him to come back. So that looks like it's going to be a done deal, but we won't believe it until we see it. Some other possible coaching uh, people. Uh, I know that the Giants will be looking at Jim Swartz from the, Lion, uh, from the, the Eagles. He's their defensive coordinator. John DiFilippo, who happens to be their quarterback's coach for the Eagles, is another hot uh, assistant out there. Steve Wilkes, as well as Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia from the Patriots. So, what have we learned so far? We have six new coaching, six new coaching spots, possibly three more, looking at maybe the Bengals, maybe the Ravens, possibly the Titans, depending on how they do in the playoffs. So, on our next show, we're going to talk about the... I'm going to give you my picks for the AFC and the NFC wildcard weekend, which starts Saturday at 4, 4.15. So until then, keep listening to Sports Under 5, as well as Stuff You Did Not Need to Know. And I'm Pete. Thanks a lot.